We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 68 of the TNVR Nuggets' Serbian Corner. My name is Miroslav Tsuk. I use my Saturday afternoons to play power guard in my 5-on-5 basketball game for elderly citizens of Panchevo City, Serbia. And I spend my Saturday evenings hanging out with some brilliant Nuggets fans who are either my guests or participants in the best weekend live chat on both sides of Atlantic Ocean. This is not a scientific fact. It is based on a well-informed hunch, so don't quote me. This week started off with some fire quotes from the Nuggets GM Calvin Booth, mainly about the ways his front office is building around the best player in basketball, but also around the best starting lineup outside of the German national team, which is still the world champions. I'd like to steal a minute of your time concentrating on this part of the interview and not the part in which he mentions Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, and Michael Porter Jr. That part is already dissected by the DNVR fellas, and I have nothing to add to it. But regarding the team building, finding guys that fit the team based on their measurables, athleticism, basketball IQ, and positional skills, I thought that part was extremely insightful. I also found him mentioning some other teams with a lot of overlapping strengths as examples of bad team building was a bit cocky and was probably making some colleagues of his shake their heads a bit. We will all agree Calvin should choose his words a bit more careful going forward, but one thing is for certain. He really knows how to sell his own skills, and since he was watching up close Tim Connolly get the real bag elsewhere, maybe he figured emphasizing his own contribution early is a smart thing to do. Yeah, I just went there. Also of note, the president of Serbian Olympic Committee, Boža Maljković, who is, by the way, a legendary basketball coach and father of our most successful ladies basketball coach, Marina Maljković, talked to the media and said that all of the Serbian superstar athletes, including Novak Djokovic and Nikola Jokic, will play next year at the Olympics in Paris. 
I would say this is a reasonable thing to expect, but I wouldn't call this reporting or something that is guaranteed to happen. It's still 10 months away, people. So let's wait for Jokic camp to make it official. And that won't happen before June. I want to touch on a wonderful tweet by Wick Lombardi, where he wrote about how much time and effort Nikola Jokic invests in his signature shot, the Sombra Shuffle. People outside of Denver will have more opportunities to see his crazy good touch from a weird shot the Sombra Shuffle is, because the Nuggets are going to finally be on TV a lot. Other players might start copying it more often, but I have a small anecdote to tell them. Some 20 years ago, my cousin, and she is a professional singer, actress, and dancer nowadays, was preparing a very difficult song, song from an opera for her final exams at the university. She asked her professor if she could change the key of the song by half a tone so it would be easier for her. She mentioned that famous soprano Maria Callas used to change the, that key in that song as well. And her professor replied, Mira, that's my cousin's name, when you are as good as Maria Callas, you can change the key. So guys, don't waste your time trying to copy Nicola's touch from shots that don't look pretty. You're not good enough. Okay, so the preseason is over. The Nuggets went 3-2, and two, so it's time to recap it by handing out the first batch of the annual Serbian Corners Denver Nuggets preseason awards. Now, that was catchy. To help me do it, I've invited some first ballot Hall of Fame-worthy guests. First, a Serbian Corner debutant, a very well-known name in the Nuggets sphere, but I guess it is worth noting that he is a professor of pharmacology and also a neurobiology researcher. Welcome, Dr. Gordon Glasner. Oh, good is to it, be here. Is it Glasner or Glazner? Glazner. Glazner. Sorry, sorry about my, my initial. That's okay. So, so I'm really excited to finally meet you. Can you tell me a bit about how you became a Nuggets fan? So I was raised, although I'm in Canada now, I was raised in southwest Colorado on a cattle ranch. And I became a Nuggets fan probably around 1977-78 during the uh, original real Denver Stiffs when they were incredibly exciting and could score all kinds of points. And unfortunately, the other teams would score five more points than they did. So, <laughs> <laughs> But they were so stiff, it looked like they played good defense, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, they didn't play with any defense. <laughs> okay. Next, another debutant, my fellow musician. He is also a lawyer and one of the longest tenured Nuggets fans out there as well. It's Daniel Lynch. What's up, Dan? It looks like he is frozen a bit. Oh, no. Okay. Dan, can you please disconnect and connect again? And while we're waiting for you, uh, my last guest for today, not the least, I guess, this is a guy that once upon a time was among my favorite people in the world that I never met in person, but he is not anymore. Because we did meet last September. He is one of the premier Nuggets storytellers, a total novice in Street Fighter lore. He is the guy with the worst crossover dribble Belgrade has ever seen. It's my good buddy. Brendan Vogt. Oh, man, what a treat. So happy to be here. I blurred my background so none of you heathens can figure out where I live. 
And uh, I just want to say that while I'm sorry Daniel couldn't make it, I was very nervous to follow a uh, neurobiologist and a lawyer. So <laughs> thanks for that, Miroslav. Uh, I'm a blogger. Very excited to be here. Oh, man, you just ruined my joke. I just wanted to say that I'm such a nice guy. So I'm using this warm welcome for you instead of just saying we went we're welcoming a professor, a lawyer, and then Brandon. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, sorry to step on your joke. but <laughs> you, you, see, you see right through me, mm. right through me. So guys, before we get into the, into the weeds of what we're going to talk about today, and that's uh, which players we want to, to give away our preseason awards to in a similar manner that the NBA is giving awards, awards at the end of the regular season for some reason. I don't know why we shouldn't do it for the preseason as well. Tell me your over, overarching take from, from, the, from the preseason we've just witnessed. Let's start with Gordon. So I wasn't expecting much out of this preseason because they're all right. They're all rookies or they're people we've seen before who have disappointed before. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very, very happy that we've got at least, I think, three people. We can be very hopeful. That's not even counting Christian Brown, because obviously he's going to be in there. But I mean, Strother, obviously, he's an amazing talent. Um, and then a couple of the other rookies looked like they might develop into something over the next year or so. So much better than I would expect it. Yeah, before we go to Brendan, I think we have Dan on the Let's on go. the line. Hopefully so, you can, you can still hear me. Yeah, oh, we can yeah. see you. You're you're ready to rock. So let me shoot my my preview for you. You're my fellow musician, a lawyer, you know, longest tenured Nuggets fan out there, I guess. A, a year you, or two before Gordon. Yeah, I, I knew it. Yeah, I, knew I knew it. <laughs> Gordon is such a young young lad, I guess. So. Tell me, you've shared with me a really interesting story about how you got into basketball back in the day. Can can you share that story with, with the audience? Uh, my mother was nearly six feet tall. She grew up in western New York. And uh, she liked basketball because she said that's where all the tall men were. <laughs> so she she as a as a as a teenager started following the Rochester Royals which obviously eventually made it to be the Sacramento Kings. Um, but anyway, when she moved to Denver and they started the NBA in Denver, she, she started taking me and my brother to the games. So that's how I became a NBA fan. That's, that's a great story. And it reminded me of one thing. You guys see me wearing this shirt that is almost a flower shirt. It's not because I love Brandon so much. It's because I actually attended the wedding ceremony Today, I, I spent six hours listening to extremely loud music before the show. So in case you, I cannot hear you, I'm not pretending I'm literally, you know, tone deaf right now. But I, Miroslav, I don't want to derail your podcast into a regional uh, excitement podcast, but I have family from the Rochester area too. What a treat. We're basically related. I, sorry, continue. Continue, Miroslav. <laughs> That's excellent because I, I'm actually supposed to visit Rochester at some point because what? Kodak has a big plant over there and I'm a Kodak engineer. Mm. So, but that's a story for fascinating us. stuff. <laughs> no, open that up. Let's go. We, we got time. Yeah, but but then when you mentioned your mother was almost six six feet tall, the funny story I heard today at the wedding reception was from a from a young lady who is a 
former basketball player, and she said, you know, we have that, uh, um, what we do at the weddings, the bride takes a, a flower bouquet and throw, throws it over her head so the, so the young ladies can catch it and then the one that catches should be the next bride. So this girl, because she is a basketball player, she can she can see the 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 path of the of the flowers, and she always catches it. And she told us that before the wedding, and she did catch it. So I've never been married. <laughs> never. That's she's still she's still too young, but I guess she's building up her. You know, it's like the Wilt uh, Chamberlain of attending yeah. wedding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Brendan, I'm not going to ask you a lot about your overarching thought uh, takes because we've heard so so many of them. So let's get into into the weeds of it. Before we actually go to real uh, awards, I mean none of them are real, but you know, let's pretend <laughs> they are. I just wanted to give away uh, the coach of the preseason award, and I think David Allen did a great job of giving all the available players enough runway. He played a big number of different lineups. It was unfortunate MPJ and Christian Brown couldn't be a part of it, you know, due to injuries. But this time around, the coach of the preseason award will go to the coach that was the biggest influence on the coach that actually brought the first championship in the Nuggets history. And I'm, I'm of course, talking about the late coach, Brendan Malone. So this is a posthumous uh, award for Brendan Malone. Once again, thank you, Mr. Coach, for for uh, coaching your kid so now he can coach the world champions once more thanks thanks again so we'll take a short break and then we will go into the actual awards segment don't go anywhere ah mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. And we are back. <laughs> so, let's let's start with the dumbest award nba has ever made it's the sixth player of the of the year and or in this case sixth player of the preseason for the nuggets there's a dumb so award. a guy that's it's not good enough to be in the starting lineup but he's still super cool and we want to give an award to him so i'm gonna nominate somebody and then we'll talk about him and if you have another idea we can we can go into that so I wanted to nominate Julian Strotter. He averaged 18 points per game in 23 minutes with 51, 45, 90 shooting splits. What? I loved his off-ball movement, and that shouldn't be too big of a surprise. It was in his draft card. His shots also went in in a very high rate. Also, not necessarily a surprise. But his ability to put the ball on the court and shoot off the dribble and also attack the basket is giving him extra credits that I think all by guarantees him a rotation spot for the ring night. Most improved player. Oh, sorry. Uh, we, we'll go to the most improved. So, do you guys agree with me that there's nobody else in contention for this right. kind of award? 
Let's let's have been Gordon. Seventh man of the right, since we know that Christian is going to be the sixth man. But there's also something I wanted to say about Strother is with all of his scoring, if you'll notice when he has the ball, he's not always a, a score first guy. He passes quite frequently. He's got a good handle. And when he scores, no matter how dramatic it is, he's expressionless. I mean, he mm. fits so much with the way that Jokic is. He doesn't smile. He looks up the board. He looks at the replay and he just keeps going. No celebration, no clowning, no nothing. And I really think that fits with the culture of the Nuggets as well. That yeah, that's a great funny. observation. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I would say that it's obviously Julian. If you were going to look at other candidates for me, you know, one person who on our show on, on, on the channel we were pretty down on, but actually performed well as Reggie Jackson, who generally speaking shot the ball well. It just sort of depends. I mean, I know I personally was looking for something a little different from him, more playmaking, more just looking like a point guard. But you also can't overlook the fact that he was hitting shots, so he's an option. But the guy I would nominate is Zeke Naji, who I actually think looked better. Now, I'm not 100% sold, and that's part of the issue. I think we were hoping to think we would be 100% sold this time around. But he's sneakily, I think, done a lot of the things he's been asked to do. Looks a little more aggressive to me. So it's obviously Julian one. But if you're looking at other guys, I ultimately was impressed with what Zeke did. It's so funny how we overreact to Summer League. And we talked all summer about Hunter Tyson and about uh, uh, Jalen Pickett. And we almost forgot about Julian just because he was missing most of his shots in Summer League. Totally. But, you know... <laughs> Lucky, luckily, we do have some some Strutter fans out there that reminded us that he is actually the guy, the first guy Calvin Booth wanted for this team. So, so it's it's really exciting. Gordon, do you think? And and Calvin Booth actually mentioned this in in his interview for for Ringer that he actually found a kind of a cheat code to find excellent role players late in the first round or early in, in the second round? I, I wouldn't know what his cheat code is. I mean, he's obviously has a real talent for it. Um, I, As much as I'm a tall guy, I've never played a single game of basketball. So I was a football <laughs> wrestler. So I came into this game a little bit late and learned it from people like you. But I have seen that there are some people that just have a real knack for seeing what a person is doing in university, even though the, the numbers may be less than others and see where their development can go. And that's something that I don't know. I certainly don't know how to do. I've watched for years and years and I will pick somebody out, think they're going to be good and they don't. And of course, you know, the experts think they're going to be good as well and they don't turn out to be. And then somebody comes out from nowhere and becomes great. So there's clearly something that some people can read. I don't know what it is. So, so Dan, what was your initial reaction when you heard that the Nuggets are actually drafting three guys, three rookies for this season, trying to 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 repeat or or build up for for making a dynasty? Was it a, a logical thing to you when when you saw three picks, or may, was it did it make make it more logical when you see their age actually? Uh, well, I mean. You know, Cronky Sports Enterprise is not Steve Ballmer. You know, KSE is not going to pay. I, I read in the Ringer the other day that 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 the Clippers are paying ninety nine million dollars 
in a luxury tax. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, there's just too much money in the world if that's the case. That's just ridiculous. Uh, like, come on. Uh, anyway, so that tells me that the philosophy that obviously is going on here, which is you got to have productive players on rookie deals. You know, that's that's KSE, man. That's that's what they're about. You can't argue with sort of the organizational success that they've had. You know, they're they've made that they made the Rams, you know, a Super Bowl champion. I don't pay any attention to the Premier League, but apparently they're doing okay over there. I don't know. They're on quite the run. They're that's yeah. the they are on quite the run. Yeah. So I mean, whatever the secret sauce is that they have for identifying people who can identify people, um, they're doing great with that. Calvin, but no, it doesn't surprise me. Calvin is is really confident. There's a lot of conviction, is the thing, and so early on, it looks and sounds like one of his strategies is finding more of the can't fail players, the guys that you know will they turn into. To superstars, probably not. But look at these traits; like they can contribute in years one and two. And both with Julian and Christian, we heard after the fact that Calvin borderline had to be physically restrained. I'm joking from reaching and taking these trading up to take these guys even earlier. He has all these guys higher on his board than everyone else. So where some GMs maybe put the can't miss older guys towards the back of the draft. I do think Calvin with his starting lineup in tow is just like, Hey man, let's not mess around. If those guys can play, that's who we're drafting. And it doesn't really matter where they fall to us on the draft board. He, he circles guys early and he has conviction in them. I will say, I think there's a little time. It's a little early to anoint every draft pick he's made as, you know, he drafted Christian Brown, a plus Julian Strother looks like an a plus Peyton Watson looks more like a project, right? So, there's we don't necessarily know exactly how he likes to approach this after two years, but I do think he he, you know, those guys that that are ready to contribute, that's who he values more than anyone else. And if I could make one more observation about sure. what Calvin Booth I think figured out that maybe other teams don't think about, and that is, you know, there's gonna be another draft next year, too. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, there's one I mean, thing. There's about a and there was one last year, and everybody in the NBA is the number one draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> even the guys, even the bad players are number one picks. There's a 15 to 20 percent hit rate on, on the places where he's drafting, and his hit rate's far higher than that. Yeah. I don't right. think people are saying that he's getting every good player. Right, right. right. His percentage is much higher than and than you would normally expect. My point was actually more not that, like, I mean, so far he's nailing the picks, is more you know, Peyton Watson is an exception to the rule of these other picks. And how many exceptions is he going to take? How many gambles is he going to take? You know, that time will tell, right? Right. It's it's easy to say we've seen a philosophy after two years. But as of right now, I think he does view the team as complete in the top five. And it's about filling in filling in the rest with affordable and, and, and players that can contribute right away. Uh, just one, one more question for you, Brendan, about Julian. He looks kind of small to me for a six-seven guy. I don't know. It's it's probably because I'm watching on TV and uh, everything is so far away. But you've seen a lot of, I guess, ends of practices. 
sure. of, of the teams live. So does he look small? No, like, I mean, part of it is he's long. And so I, I actually think it's just that he's young. He's a rookie. And it's, I, I try to, like, what's the least weird way to say it? He's like, his body hasn't matured, I guess, right? Is the, you, you just see these guys in the first two to three years, they undergo these transformations. Christian Brown already from year one to two, you know, his profile hasn't changed, but his, his build has changed. So I think that's probably young, some of it. Like he just looks young. Um, but I would actually say in terms of length and height, he, when he's on the floor, he looks, he looks big to me. Okay. So let me just explain how this award thing works. There's four votes. We can go into four-way tie. We can go into two-way tie. In either case, my vote is the bigger one because I'm the, the host. So what you're going to do is I, I, I'm, I'm making the rules. So what you're going to do? So, But in this case, I don't think we have any any kind of uh, dilemma. I think we all uh, vote for, for Julian Strutter to be yeah. the sixth player of the preseason. Now we're moving to the most improved player. So no rookies allowed. And I actually contemplated on nominating Strutter here as well, since he improved so much from his summer league showing. But since I believe in rules and not in chaos, I'm going to say Zeke Nagy, who averaged seven, uh, nine points, five rebounds, one block in 19 minutes per game. Gordon, Zeke is kind of a polarizing player because, to me at least, because I feel like he is still not, not as NBA kind of player as he should be in his fourth season. Like he doesn't look like a guy that knows what he's doing all the time. But on the other hand, he was really hustling a lot in these preseason games. We've seen some really impressive, you know, rebounds that were not supposed to be his at all that he, he would grab. So where are you on, on the scale for, for Zeke Nagy at the moment? On the scale of how playable he is? Yeah, uh, or or comparing to what you felt about him before the preseason. So he wasn't my pick for most improved. Because one of the things about Zeke is that we have been very hopeful about Zeke because we've seen some of the really um, mm. impressive things he can do. And then he doesn't. He Usually he's because he's been injured. But one of the things that happens emotionally when you if you have these players you get super hyped about and then disappointed and then super hyped about at this point is they start to get some kind of stain on them where people are like, oh, no, you know, I don't want to go through this again. So I don't want to downplay the fact that he is playing better. Um, but can I give you my pick for most improved? Of course. It was Reggie Jackson. Mm. So as much as I'm not a huge Reggie Jackson fan to begin with, you know, he's been – quite good offensively. And then there was one little sequence uh, in the fourth game, I think, where he was on Kawhi and they tried to do a pick and roll with uh, Zubak and he stuck to him. He stuck to Kawhi like glue. Kawhi had to pass out. Um, and just about five minutes later, exactly the same situation, only P. White was guard guarding. And as soon as P. White hit Zubak, it was just like he's been a styrofoam. He's popped right off of Kawhi. So then Jackson goes down, gets a, gets a foul on Kawhi, gets free throws. And a minute later, hits a three. I mean, he, he had lots of sequences like that where he was playing good defense, good offense, not a great ball handler. But remember, he's always going to be on the floor with um, uh, Jamal Murray, who's going to be the ball handler, right? In fact, one of the problems is they have overlapping skills. But 
as much as he wasn't even my seventh man, he was to me the most improved. What do you have? You have Zeke Naji, who I don't think improved that much. Piwat, Jordan, who we're really not going to talk about. I mean, there's only four or five you can choose from. Yeah. If we were choosing starters out of choosing KCP because what he has always done has been a great perimeter player and a great defender. But what do you see now in preseason? He's cutting to the basket all the time now. So he's added this ability to slash in, which is really going to help, I think, some of our, our pressure on the basket. Yes. Uh, Dan, before I ask you, just, just one small note. America will never learn his name to pronounce his name because he's a role player, but it's Ivica Zubac. I really like that guy. It's it's really hard to pronounce because it doesn't make any sense, you know, in Anglo-Saxon way of, of uh, reading the words Ivica Zubac. He's a super nice guy, super smart guy, and he's a huge Jokic fan as well from way way before so mm-hmm. this is why i like him really a lot uh dan who is your pick for the for the most improved player um i gotta go with zeke although i agree every, with everything that um has been said about him you know the sort of frustrating nature of rooting for zeke um i feel like zeke's game his feet are better than his hands um he moves, yeah. he moves his feet super good i mean he he gets around on his feet But I just feel like if, if to the extent there's a weakness in his rebounding game, it's mostly because the ball gets taken from him. I mean, just like ripped out of his hands like it's somebody else's candy. Um, right. Even and, on the know, fouls, it's like some of those, it's like, man, finish finish through that. Yeah. But but I will say a couple, just a couple of positives about Zeke. One, as I observed in the chat the other week, <laughs> watching him beat the crap out of Bull Bull was, to me, the highlight of the preseason. I loved that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Zeke gets the nod if for that for no reason. On Reggie, quickly, uh, I, I, uh, Reggie has actually started passing the Dan Lynch outburst, outburst test. That's how I tell. It's, if I say, nice rebound, Zeke, you know, that's, a, that's an outburst. And if I, I, I have found myself almost every game, you know, having an outburst about Reggie Jackson, which, which stuns me. Because you might I have other outbursts about him too, like both directions. But I think we're gonna get, yeah, yeah. we're gonna get a little bit of good and bad, I think. Uh, but also, if you, you know, I went in preparation for this, I went and looked at the preseason stats, and it's like he's been sneaky, effective, Reggie Jackson. And he's scoring, he started so low. Yeah. That's the other thing, is he started at such a low, he was unplayable last year, essentially. Right. So right. I think that was part of the most improved, is that there's a large difference. Yeah, I, I I agree with Gordon that if you if if for whatever reason you're not going with Zeke, it's got to be Reggie. I think these guys covered it, Miro. So what would you what would be your your vote then? Vote? Yeah, I mean I, th- I do think it's one of those two. I, I was gonna go with Zeke. Gordon kind of made a, a pretty convincing argument that um, I agree. You know, Zeke looks more or less the same. Um, I'm I'm like more hopeful with Zeke than anything, you know, uh-huh. uh, but. Yeah, I guess Reggie's, Reggie's a good one. He's like off ball, catch and shoot. He's pretty good, pretty comfortable. And that's where you're like, okay, they'll take that scoring pot. My one issue with him, and maybe this doesn't matter so much. It's hard to know what to weigh so heavily. But he had like when he turns it over to me, they're like rookie season porter on defense mistakes, you know, like the loudest mistakes you've ever seen. And it's hard for me to sometimes I'm like, how did that happen? But Who cares if he's hitting his shots? Um, 
he's playing hard, and I think he has been in the preseason. Yeah, one thing that that goes in Reggie's favor is is he's a hooper, and his his face looks really intense while he's playing. <laughs> he's sort of like Bryn Forbes in that, like right. he's always like like right. like he's got every on accessory on at the same <laughs> yeah. time. So he's like, you're like six this guy's gear, <laughs> six gear all the time. It's yeah. it's really it's really impressive, and and I. I agree. I agree. Yeah, his his starting point last year was really low because the Nuggets were were also already you know huffing and puffing towards the the championship. They knew what they were doing and what Reggie was doing was a completely different thing. And I agree, he's not. We want him to be a playmaker, and he's not. He's not. A, he's not a playmaker. He's not a playmaker. He's just a, he's just a hooper with a lot of points in his hands. Sometimes, sometimes not. So. So we'll see. There's a lot of questions about his fit with Jamal Murray as well. We'll see about that part. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that you picked Zeke, so I wouldn't be wouldn't have to be an asshole and and like make a special <laughs> vote, special <Yeah. laughs> to take my my host role here. So <laughs> the most improved preseason guy goes to Zeke Naji. We're taking another break, and then we're gonna get into some really interesting awards. Don't go anywhere. Okay, we are back. Defensive player of the preseason. So, the joke take would be Jay Huff, who had six rebounds and two blocks in just 17 minutes. Don't tell D-Line. <laughs> I was defending him hard because... He really did some nice things before he was, you know, dunked on and, did, and then sc- scored on repeatedly, actually. But my real vote goes to Zeke Naji here, who averaged one and a half steals and two and a half, two and 2.3 blocks per 30, uh, 36 minutes, along with 6.4 defensive rebounds. By the way, nobody can touch Amida Brimas. 36 minutes. He recorded a lot of shit in his six minutes on the court <laughs> in that one game. But Zeke really looked good to me on defense. He was he was uh, he was impressive around the rim in several occasions. Do we have another another guy to vote for for the defensive player? Let's start with Gordon. Uh, no, he was my choice as well. Part of it is we have these a huge slew of people who are 6'6 six, six to 6'8. Six, and except for Piwat, who wasn't doing that well, can't guard anybody big. And Naji can, right? He was on the big people. But I, one other thing I want to point out about the, the rookies in general. I mean, people are saying that that the that they're important because our bench didn't come along until the, the playoffs. Keep in mind from December 18th to March 15th, 40 games, we were 29-11 had the 11th best offense and the 7th best defense, and our bench was playing terribly, right? I mean, that's part of our privilege is having the best five players on the planet is that Outside of Germany. we don't have to panic so much about how well these guys are going to play this year, you know? <laughs> I, I can't help myself. Sorry, Gordon. <laughs> I completely agree with your take. Dan? Uh, I'm sorry, you know, the Germany reference just threw me off my game. What was the question again? <laughs> so, <laughs> do you want to nominate anybody else for the defensive player no, of the no. preseason? Defensive player, it was it was, it, it was Zeke. 
I, if I were going to nominate another guy, I would actually say Justin Holiday, who looked pretty good and disruptive um, passing lanes wise, and I thought was like switchable. But I also that's I was reaching for another guy. I'll keep it real. I probably the hardest guy to have notes on was Justin Holiday this preseason. You know, I I thought he was either blending in in a good way or underwhelming. Right, so it was. But the things he did do well, you're like, okay, he looks the part physically. He's switchable. He had a couple steals. He was a little disruptive here and there. But I would I would say Zeke too. I just you know at risk of this being a a Zeke heavy episode, I'll throw Justin in there as an honorable mention. Yeah, I, I I mean I think the main reason I'm I'm nominating Zeke is because I kind of didn't expect that from him. Um, I mean he's he's known for being really good switchy defender. But on the other hand, he was supposed to play against some really big guys in in the in the second units, and you know, outside of that one one Clipper game, I guess he held his own pretty pretty good. So so yeah, I'm I'm glad. I mean, I have to go this way, and it's not a popular thing to say, but I already said it like a couple of weeks ago. Everybody is very excited about Jamal Murray's season the season of Jamal Murray and what I've seen in these uh, preseason games are some flashes of some amazing virtuosity from him yeah. but I've also seen a lot of stuff of like yeah these guys don't matter I mean yeah oh yeah for and sure. we'll we'll see how how much the the next ones will matter as well so I'm kind of on the like like I expect a pretty regular regular season from Jamal Murray to be honest, and I still hope he'll get the All-Star nod because of the playoff and stuff like that. I mean, people just have to, coaches have to vote for him now, I think. But I'm kind of like in a camp of, yes, some of the stuff he'll do will probably be be a lot better, but, uh, but on average, we'll still have, I think we'll still have some lulls from him, and that's completely fine. Just, by the way, I'm. this is not Nothing against Jamal is just I want to pump the brakes a bit on the on the Jamal, year of Jamal. Murray. Year of Jamal. Don't tell Harrison. <laughs> probably just seven minutes ago. I so. mean, we we all have our agendas. I mean, <laughs> it's just that like like the year of Jamal Murray. I don't know, man. It it would be like if we would get the real one B from Jamal on the Nuggets. That would probably be the back the best team in the league. Yeah, they'd win. They'd win sixty games probably. Yeah. No, but not six. Again, they would win think, like like five consecutive championships. Don't you think it's possible though that his path to an All Star berth is just becoming, uh, is racking up assists? Obviously, being a good playmaker is the better route, not just stat counting. But there's a there's a route for it because, like, I don't know if he forces it to try to make this five point per game jump. I don't actually think anyone in Denver wants to see that. Um, but if he's consistent as a playmaker, and obviously he has a phenomenal opportunity in feeding Jokic out of the pick and roll. That could be enough for him to vault, you know, if he's consistent in that area, but I, I sometimes Jamal doesn't take the path of least resistance. So. We'll you know, see. what's, what's actually going to happen? Like Jamal will average 22 points and seven assists. And Harrison will say, "Yeah, but this was the season of Jamal Murray." Yeah, there you did go. You, did you see how much he improved on the intangibles? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and and he would actually be probably right. I mean, we have to stick with our agendas. Okay, back to the the most important 
uh, I guess, <laughs> award, silly award of the preseason, MVP of the preseason. And I'm sorry, Julian Strutter did make like the most points per game and the most, most points per 36 minutes, but that was like only 0.4 points more than this guy who averaged 27.2, 13 rebounds, eight assists, two and a half steals per 36 on 60% from the field. Disgusting. Yes, of course, I'm talking about Nikola Jokic. Was he the best player <laughs> on the Nuggets in these five, I guess, four games? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me think. Over, over Julian? Let me think. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think su- I suspect they'll sit Jokic on the bench when Julian starts really getting going. <laughs> <laughs> of the starters, yeah. But I mean off the bench, obviously. It's King Julian, right? He was good at everything. And unlike our previous rookie, who we won't mention, who we got rid of, he's not just a scorer. He really tries hard on defense, right? Yeah, but when we talk about Jokic, how how did you feel about his preseason showing in comparement to to previous seasons? So there's an interesting thing going on, and that is that Jokic is, is pushing scoring more and Jamal is pushing passing more. And I suspect there, there's a reason for that. I mean, Jokic, one thing about Jokic, as opposed to him being called the Joker, he's actually extremely analytical, right? He does have things to prove, but he has things to prove to himself. I don't think he does anything on a whim. I think that he's looked at the, the weakness of his team is that they completely depend on him and that people are going to start to trying to force him to be a scorer. And if they do that, he's going to need to have a better scoring game and Murray's going to have, need to have a passing game and, and Aaron Gordon as well. And you'll notice all those other players are passing more except for him. And I think there's a reason for that. I think they're doing that on purpose. Well, yeah, Nikola Jokic is the greatest offensive machine I've ever seen play basketball. I mean, I mean, I've, you know, made the observation that, you know, to to paraphrase, I forget who, you know, he's a Mikhail wrapped inside a a shack inside an Elijah I mean, it's just literally nothing the guy can't do. He's a basket machine. And, you know, you know, everybody, you know, gives Nicola credit for always making the right basketball play. And I would say that's true with one exception. And that is if he's really interested in making the right basketball play every time, he's going to shoot it every time. Um, I mean, I know that, you know, that's not best long term. But, like, is there really a possession where some shot from Nicola isn't their best offensive weapon i mean unless he's passing unless somebody's passing for a dunk it's i'd rather have nicola shoot it so if you told me that the best iteration of the denver nuggets was uh jamal focusing on playmaking and Jokic focusing on scoring i believe that yeah, yeah and actually it, it makes sense we say he's pushing for scoring right now I think he's doing that on purpose because of Jamal. He wants Jamal to to take his game to another level, to take eight, nine assists per game, which would be awesome, really. And what's the easiest way for Jamal to wreck his assists is just feed the beast inside and just just do whatever. Just do whatever. Brandon, is, is Nikola Jokic a better player right now than what he was the last time we saw him? He probably will be by the end of the year because that's the golden rule. But I actually would say no right now. I do, I do, I don't want to, I want to be careful how I, he is a little bit out of shape and defense is yes. absolutely beneath him. It is absolutely beneath him right now in the preseason. 
it, am I worried? No, but there's in the finals. I, I think he was ready to play defense in any scheme against any opponent. And I think right now he's, he's in rec league mode on that end of the floor, but I say that. And then it's, it's like more so than ever, you know, there are, we take for granted. There are so many elite star players who do have off nights. And then there's Jokic who I'm thinking in that last game, I'm like, man, he's barely playing hard. And he had a damn near triple double at the, at the half. Right. And it's, we, we are used to this, but it's also like, man, this guy could be actively trying not to have a good game and he would still have one. And so it's just, he, he solving basketball is probably too, too dramatic of a statement, but he's approaching it. If there is a solution. But you need to also remember that we have had Nikola Jokic's best with a poor team and he couldn't get to the championship. So he cannot do it by himself, and he yep, does totally. with these other people, passing and scoring, right? Totally. Jamal, looks, I, I think Jamal is – It's it sounds weird because it almost implies that he wasn't doing this for years, but how – his his repertoire, his arsenal when it comes to getting Jokic the ball out of the pick and roll in, an, in a scoring position. And at this point, defenses are a little more aggressive with Jamal. They know he can score. They know he'll destroy them if they ask him to or let him. But he he can get the ball to him. It can be a pocket pass. It can be a lob. It can be, I mean, there's just there's there's almost no there's no defense you can play against that pick and roll where those two don't know what to do. Yeah. And that's that's the part of Jamal I think that I am buying the stock in right now. Yeah, uh, Gordon made a really good good point about basketball being a five on five sport. This is why the player rankings are really dumb, even though we really love them. Because they're, so it, fun, <laughs> they're super fun, but on the other hand, I mean, have you seen the 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 interview of of uh, um, Kenyon Martin, who yeah. said that <laughs> that Kyrie Irving is the best player on yeah. the Dallas roster? So would Nikola Jokic be still the best player on Nuggets roster if Kyrie Irving would? It's a great question, yourself. <laughs> Is that the segment? Let's do it. <laughs> it it's, it's not something that was never, you know, discussed before. And Kyrie was one of the guys that was supposedly targeted a couple of times in, in the past. Okay, so I'm guessing we're all agreeing that Nikola Jokic is still the MVP of this I'm team. giving it to Strother. I'm giving it to Strother. I know. Whatever, dude. He's the <laughs> finals MVP. Sorry. He's got to average 40 points to win the preseason. <laughs> Jokic is old news. Strother's the new guy. Come That's on. right, yeah. Gordon. Enough. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Jok- Jokic is actually needs needs to prove it in preseason, and he didn't. So. That, that's the thing. What that's you the gonna thing. The the thing he's, he's, he's way out of shape. He's not just a little out of shape. Uh, <laughs> though, I think he's stronger than ever. So yeah, I think he's got a lot of muscle on him too. Yeah, no, does. it's like weird. I don't want to again. This sound like these are human beings we're talking about, but visually, I see him check in at the start of every year, and he is. There's a little. He's a little overweight, but his shoulders are also. His this arms guy looks like he too, could yeah. pick up a a smart Absolutely. car right now. You know. Yeah, the the other teams did nothing. I mean, it's 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 really strange. It's really strange. We'll see. We we'll see what will happen. Okay, it is time for our last break, and then I cannot help it. We have to play a, a one one game before we go. Don't go anywhere.
Okay, we are back, and the game we are going to play is called Whose Stat Is It? So the graphic. Yeah, I, I, really, I really did my best here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the re regular season stats and even playoff stats are kind of easy to, to recognize because it's a big sample. But preseason can get really silly because it's only five games and for some players even less than that. So we're, uh, we're not keeping any tallies, so just, just do whatever, uh, whatever the first thing is for you that you think. So, Gordon, let's start with you. Whose stat is it? This player led all Nuggets players with a total of minus 31 plus minus in the preseason. So who had the worst plus minus? Uh, total raw plus minus in the preseason. Uh, Jordan. Andrew Jordan is is very correct. He only played in like I think thirty five minutes, so minus thirty one in those thirty five minutes. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Okay, Brendan. Question for you. Oh no, Gordon just got it right. <laughs> Julian Strotter led all Nuggets players with fourteen three pointers made in the preseason. Who was second? Uh, I'm going to say, I have two guesses, but I have to pick one, don't I? I'm going to say Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is correct. And actually, actually, we've, we've been talking about his, his, uh, his off the ball, uh, shot. I mean, you know, catch and shoot shot. It was, it was really good. He actually made, I believe 11, three pointers, but uh, I can I add something here? Yeah. Yeah. Gordon. Reggie Jackson's three point percentage. Was twenty points higher than his free throw percentage? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the good stuff. So, so that feels sustainable. That's right, fifty-five percent. Uh -huh. That's that'll work. <laughs> Both of those numbers feel sustainable. <laughs> okay, okay. Dan, this is a question for you. The pressure's on. This player led all Nuggets players with twenty-eight attempted free throws in the preseason. Now, I don't, I don't know the answer, but I did want to talk about Zeke Naji's free throw shooting, and I'm guessing it's Zeke Naji. It is. Let's it go, is Zeke Naji. Let's go, dude. I think, and I, and I wanted to mention it because you know, as much as I'm upset that the ball gets knocked out of his hands, at least he's going to the free throw. Yes, line. yes. He's been more aggressive. That's why. Strong yeah. agree. So, so he had what twenty-eight attempted free throws. I think it would be like eighteen if he actually finished some of the end ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't get as much as many, I guess. But you know, he's a he's a pretty good free throw shooter, so it's it's not as big of a deal as as we. Uh, I'll make another observation about Zeke at the free throw mm -hmm. line, and that is it extends Jokic's rest time. Oh, all right. I like it. I like it. I mean, it's going to be – if he's not going to drive in and dunk, drive in and draw fouls, and I I have appreciated that aspect of his preseason for sure. And, it, I, you know, to that end, it does seem like he's rolling a lot more. We have not really seen him pop out behind the three-point line a ton. So um, he's definitely trying to do this, and I think it's a welcome approach. A welcome but he's, approach. Not, he's not passing out of the role, though. No, I mean, he's not – that's not really – we're so spoiled, man. We're like, why isn't this big, like, that guy was open? You know? why, then, why cannot you see everything on the court? Right, like, yeah, poor Zeke. We're some... like, yeah, he's going to be the new DHO guy. He's like, Jesus, come on. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. 
Okay. Just quickly on that one. I remember I was watching a pod you were on, Brendan, the other day, and you were saying that, you know, Zeke, is, it's so unfair to judge Zeke because, you know, we want him to guard in the perimeter and switch, and also we want him to rebound. But, you know, right. He's just, be now, a, now I'm saying, but he's not passing! Right, right. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> upset that he's not Jokic, and that's it's going to be a yeah. long 82, I think, in that regard. There'll be a lot of upset. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let, let's hope that questions begin uh, to be a bit more uh, oh, we got you more. Know, hard. Yeah, we, we have one more for each of you. And this is a good panel, so I was hoping for some misses early. So, yeah, I'm just evil. So, Gordon, this player led all Nuggets players with 11 turnovers in the preseason. I would guess Reggie Jackson. And you would guess wrong. Ugh. Brandon? Is it Peyton Watson? It's not. Oh, oh Dan. That was my guess too. Um uh Colin. It's Braxton Key. It's Braxton <laughs> oh, Key. Uh, <laughs> there's no there's no nice photo of him Isn't he Nuggets, Adam's yeah. guy? <laughs> yeah, I think he 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 had like 11 turnovers. That's right. In not, he had four in, not, in that last game. That's yeah, right. in not very many minutes. So kudos to him. He really made a footprint. Hey, the, he plays the hard. Sheet. He plays, he's, there's a lot of Tory Craig going on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope he gets a chance during this season. He looks like a real NBA player. We didn't so. spend a lot of time on him, but yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It's it's good if you can, you know, fall down, to fall, fall on another guy. If one of your main guys is not available for for a week or so, okay, Brendan, pressure yeah. cooking, pressure cooker. This player led all Nuggets players with eleven personal fouls in the preseason. This one is Peyton, right? It is. Right. <laughs> it is Peyton. He made five, six of those in game one, right? Yeah, four of them were in the first five minutes, I think. So, um, but listen. It's. I think part of it is when he's been told by everyone that you go make this impact defensively. When he gets a sense of urgency of I got to make a play, I can see that manifesting in a lot of personal fouls. You know, it's part of the raw description people have, have thrown on his game, which I think is very apt. So I don't want to – I've been low on him in this preseason, and I, I worry I'm at risk of sounding too harsh at sometimes because, you know – I see the tools and the flashes, but um, the turnovers are definitely a, uh, a part of his game. I, I was, I was really, fouls, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I was really trying to pump the brakes on him because it's too much, too much pressure on the youngest player on the right. team. I mean, I know that Calvin is super high on him and that's fine. That's cool. He might be right. He might be next, whoever he, he should be, but, but, Let's just wait for him to 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 arrive. Agreed. I mean, he's only in his second second season, and you know he's missed a lot, missed a lot of uh, time in the, his first season. He only played for the for the Grand Rapids Golden. Let's let's not pretend that G League is a real league. Like Tory Craig averaged twenty eight points there, so you know <laughs> it is some kind of experience, but not uh, the same one he'll get this season. Hopefully. Yeah. For sure. So, Dan, 
last question in this game. This player led all Nuggets players with 27.6 points per 36 minutes in the preseason, minimum 10 minutes played. Um, hmm. I'm going to say it was uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I actually gave away this answer earlier when I said Nikola Jokic was just 0.4 points behind guy number one. So, Gordon, chance for you oh, to yeah. come yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> no, you did give it away. It was Strother. It is Julian Strother. Yeah, I was just I just forgot what the questions are, so I babbled it up. Uh, I I guess. And why I mentioned Am Amida Brida, is that the name? Brima. Oh, Brima. 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 Brima, yeah. Yeah, Brima, Brima had like 35 points per 36. <laughs> I, I in preparation for this game, I looked up the per 36 in the preseason and Brima like just jumps off the page. Yeah, like every, six blocks and six and six steals as well. <laughs> like it's crazy. It's crazy. He did a lot of shit in those six slowly minutes. Okay, I guys. Go back and watch him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it it sounds like like uh a good thing to do. I think it sounds better than it looks. That's probably like... <laughs> yeah, like maybe just like my Jay Huff uh, minutes. I loved. No, no, you. I'm glad you pushed back. We were he, just because he got dunked on so hard that he missed a few games. Doesn't mean he didn't do some. <laughs> he was so good before that dunk. Yeah, he was. You know, I was in the arena games. that night. Yeah, he was in his name. Yeah. I mean, he's super slow, but yeah, what are you going to do? It's, he's a good is. defender. He is a good defensive player around the rim. Okay, so before we get out, we have something to, to plug. Um, Dan, tell me, tell me what you got for us. So uh, I recognize the objective silliness of the, uh, the Denver Nuggets song. But, you know, we all uh, are affected the most by the music that we heard when we were teenagers. And when Gordon and I were back in the in the mid-70s Nuggets, they had this awesome Nuggets song called Go With The Nuggets. I mean, oh, uh, Brendan's not old enough to remember it. I've heard it, though. I'm sure he's seen it <laughs> since, since, since becoming associated with the Nuggets. Yep. And, I mean, I, I can sing every word of that, but I I'm won't sing it. Right, because I won't, because... Uh, right. Even though they're the Denver Nuggets friend, I will not sing it, but because uh, I have my own song to promote. But last year, uh, I wrote a Denver Nuggets anthem, and uh, I had such a kick out of it. And my my whole world, you know, my family and my friends got a, just a giant kick out of it. And immediately after they they won the title, there were just so many little things that I uh, wanted to like to to write about, and there were so many things. I mean, I had a list that was a page long of all the things I wanted to work into this song. Uh, Brendan boat was in the original list. Cause I love his storytelling so much. Thank you. Uh, Miroslav made the list, uh, the initial list. I'm sorry that <laughs> I'm sorry that you didn't get down to the final cuts. Yeah. I'm but, sorry. This uh, is your last, last time uh, being on this show. So yeah. Careful. I well, here, I'll tell them, I'll tell them the, how Miroslav got cut out. Uh, there's a line that you're about to hear in the song that says, uh, we're going to have a parade in Belgrade. And I was going to, my original conception of that was that Miroslav was going to host the parade in Belgrade. And then I realized, but wait a minute, Miroslav lives in Panchebo, 
And I don't know, man. I don't want to get involved in like these intra-city like right. Serbian like I don't know. I don't, I don't want to step into that. So <laughs> right. you can tell me offline whether that was wise or not. I don't know, but it's on the other side of the river. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, so it's a it's a big rivalry. Two huge cities. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, if you if you got a St. Paul guy, you don't say he's from Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so uh, we're Miroslav has a clip. We're gonna play it. I to all the listeners. There's more, you know, uh, and I hope you'll you'll uh, you'll listen to it and give it a listen. And and I invite a uh, a Nugget song contest throwdown. I can't wait to hear what uh, the more, more talented people out there can do with the niche of a Denver Nugget song. <laughs> so, <laughs> so go get a Denver Nugget songwriters. Yes, so you you can find in the description of this show the the link to the actual full song that then Maiden will will promote it, of course, other ways as well. So that's all for the preseason. Next time we'll have some games that count in the regular season to talk about. And before we do that, idemo nagetsi and enjoy this. Trophy on the table, confetti on the floor. This is the year we're gonna win one more ball arena. Get ready to roar. It's the Denver Nuggets in 24. We just begun the Denver Nuggets decade. Taking O'Brien's is our hope. Say Nicole Yoke, better learn to love parades. Let's have one in Belgrade. Some teams are built, some teams are bought. Calvin Booth made an NBA juggernaut. Denver is basketball Camelot. Gonna party on the Cronky Yard. Opposing teams might as well stay out. Most says they take the L on the way out. DraftKings and Superbook gonna have to pay out. Put that in your pipe and smoke it out. Raise the banner next to English and Thompson. 47 years we waited and then some. Lift the banner high, get ready for bedlam. Stay on top, Nuggets. And I strum trophy on the table, confetti on the floor. This is the year we're going to win one more. Ball arena, get ready to roar for the Nuggets in 2024. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.